Heavenly lover, let thy spirit cover Shekinah unending. That's that's a real deep phrase, heavenly lover. And we've had a, a heavenly lover. That's our bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ. And by his grace, we're the virgin, spotless bride of Christ. By his grace. I'd like to go right into the word tonight. If we could turn in our Bibles to the book of Romans, in chapter 12. I want to thank Brother John and Brother Tim, the ministry, for giving me this privilege to be able to stand before you. To be able to share a little bit about what, what God has made real to me lately. Now, I think for all the postcards and the Christmas greetings, holiday greetings, it's all wonderful when people give them to you and there's beautiful pictures. And uh, I used to give out hundreds of those at Christmas time and New Year's time. And they just it was like an assembly line of getting them all out. But now I just uh, I just have one greeting. I just say, Merry Christian. And uh, so tonight I want to say to you, Merry Christian. And you're looking at a Merry Christian. And I, I hope you are also. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, let's pray before we read. Father, we're so thankful that that you have included us in your great plan and allowed us to live in the closing moments of time, to see the fullness of the word, to be able to see ourselves in the word, to be able to see what you have done, what you are doing and what you're going to do. Lord, we thank you for this gathering tonight. We know that your spirit is here. Your presence is here. Your angels are here, Lord. And just make us super sensitive to the supernatural that's all around us, Father. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to be in your presence once again. And we ask all these blessings that we have mentioned to be accomplished. For we've asked them very confidently in your precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can have your seats. I want to say that the the last three services have really been wonderful and they've really touched my heart. And uh, I counted the the pages of notes. I took 12 pages of notes for the last three messages. And uh, Brother Michael, when he spoke about about the token and uh, he he was talking about the number of animals that that had their blood shed. And I, I wonder they have a group nowadays is called PETA. Not like Brother Peter, but it's P-E-T-A, and it's for the people of ethical treatment of animals. And I wonder what kind of protest they would have had if they heard about all those animals being sacrificed. And I think Brother Branham said it was hundreds of thousands of liters of blood. It was probably millions if you counted all through the years. And uh, and then Brother, Brother Tim spoke. One thing that really, really stuck out to me where he said that the serpent convinced Eve that her husband had lied to her. And in this day, there are many people who are being lied to. 
They're being lied to in the religious realm, in the political realm, the business realm. But there's one group of people. If there's one group of people that has to be right, I'm thankful that it's us. I'm thankful that the spirit of truth has come and, and God's truth, God's revelation is his exclamation point in this day, in this generation. And then Brother John spoke about, is there room at the inn? And I trust that there's, there's room tonight and has been since John spoke that message on Sunday night. And we're living in a day of technology. And I believe that technology is is like uh, the modern tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And uh, the, the knowledge of the good that's come forth. And uh, Brother Branham spoke about the first seven letters in the first message was, now we're getting some gadgets for recording. Now, I believe that had to come forth, the electronics had to come forth in this day, in this evil day, to prepare a bride to be able to be this living sacrifice that's holy and acceptable unto God. And, uh, you know, it, I'm, I'm just going to use this for a cell phone. This cell phone literally is an electronic highway to heaven or to hell. And it's your choice, as Brother Tim was talking about. It's a choice that each one of us makes. And God has given that, that incredible power in our hands, the power to choose right or wrong. And I spoke uh, last time about who's in charge and to be holy, happy, and humble. And we talked about the, the realms of the physical, the eyes, ears, taste, touch, and smell. And each one of them, we make choices every day about what's going into those physical realms. And then the conscience, the memory, imagination, reasonings, and affections. And how in this day perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own self. And uh, I, I want to clarify something Brother Tim said. He talked about that woman out in California. He said that she took a 1,000 before she got the right one. No, Brother, it's 2,000. It takes 2,000 pictures before she gets the right one to post to all of her fans. And they say she's got millions of them on Instagram that want to see a picture of her, what she's up to in this day. And so here we are with this electronic highway to heaven or hell. And Brother John spoke a lot about numbers. And I thought when he started speaking about the numbers, I thought he was going to speak about what God had, had, had impressed upon me. That if you take this Bible, and if, if you were to take the entire Bible and you were to listen to it, it's 72 hours of your life. If you were to start in Genesis and just listen to it. All the way through Revelation, 72 hours. Now, that's not a very long period of time when you consider how much time we're on our cell phone, on the Internet, how much time we're out there gathering. And, uh, you know, th- th- this, this is it's a wonderful age because with this technology, you can go you can go on the Internet and you can download the Bible. And you can download it so you can listen to it on your cell phone. And the one that I used to love to listen to was the one, it was the, the, the Amplified Dramatic Bible, where they had sound effects, and they had music, and they had voices, so you could listen to it. And when you listen to Genesis, each, each person in Genesis, there was a different voice, and there was music, and there was sound effects. It's wonderful. And I just sat there, and I felt like I was right there in the Bible. And when you get into the Gospels, and all the 
things that Jesus was doing. And, you know, when we read the Bible, what we're reading in the gospel is like a little tiny scintilla of what happened in the life of, of Jesus. The Bible said if all the things that Jesus said and done were recorded, all the books in the world would not hold them. And so when you sit there and you listen, you consider all the people that came in contact with Jesus and the response that they had from the woman at their well, blind Bartimaeus, and, and the woman who came and washed Jesus' feet. And when you hear that, and, and it's wonderful to be able to read it, but sometimes just listening to it and, and the drama. This, this life that we're living, friends, this is the greatest supernatural drama that has ever taken place with any group of people anytime in the entire world because we're living in the closing moments of time where God has crowned his word. He's prepared a bride and in the most wicked and deceptive and perverted age ever, God has come in and God has taken and he's shown this light of the gospel and people think that we're crazy. I said, yeah, you, you might think I'm, I'm a nut, but I'm screwed to the right bolt because we're screwed to thus saith the Lord. And uh, in in the day that that we're living in, the Bible said, as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days that we're living in now. And now through this supernatural tunnel of time, we come down to the end time. And we know what God has done. We know what he's going to do. But the most important thing is, what is he doing right now in our life? And as Brother Michael talked about, is that token applied in our life? And oftentimes people, people come into our church, they, they're raised up in the message, but when it comes to real Bible knowledge, your real message knowledge, if you just do a little quiz, like you say, well, I just want to ask a question. I want you to help me with this. How many people know, and don't be afraid to raise your hand, how many people know who wrote the book of Genesis? How many people don't know? Okay, the few hands went up. Well, Moses wrote the book of Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. He was there. He was there in the spirit. God, by revelation, he revealed to him exactly what happened. And it was recorded for you and I to be able to to revel in those truths, in those kernels. The message is, is, is comes in a language, a supernatural language that it takes the token to understand it. It takes a token to be able to have that revelation. It's like a person walking around and, 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 and think about the 1800s before they had glasses. People, if they couldn't see, well, they couldn't read. And most people couldn't read anyways in that day. But one day glasses came about and people who could not read, all of a sudden, everything became 2020. And uh, if you get a little bit older, you'll experience that need for a pair of glasses to be able to read 2020. And so God has given to us the supernatural focus on, on what is real and what is true. And so the message, it's the weaving together of the Old Testament and the New Testament. And then God gives us the privilege of being able to read between the lines. Now, Paul, he's speaking about present your body as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And if we could turn to Second Corinthians 
in chapter 11. Now, Paul, he, he, he was, he was really a pioneer. He was, he was going out blasting the gospel to every place that he could. He was successful. And here in the church of Corinth, there was a great move of God take place. But while Paul was away, there were wolves that were coming in. There were Judaizers and they were trying to pervert what Paul w- was saying. So in, uh, in, in chapter, second chapter, second, Corinthians chapter 11, verse 16. Paul says, I say again, let no man think me a fool. If otherwise, yet as a fool, receive me that I may boast myself a little. That which I speak, I speak it not after the Lord, but as it were foolishly in this confidence of boasting. So now Paul, he's literally dueling with these people that are coming in, that are trying to present another gospel, or they were perverting the true gospel. And Paul's coming in, and he says, uh, seeing that many glory after the flesh, I will glory also. For ye suffer fools gladly, seeing ye yourselves so wise. For ye suffer if a man bring you into bondage, if a man devour you, if a man take of you. If a man exalt himself, if a man smite you on the face, I speak as concerning reproach as though we had been weak. Howbeit, whereinsoever any is bold, and he, again he says, I speak foolishly, I am bold also. Now Paul starts to give his pedigree. He gives his resume of his life. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant. In stripes above measure. In prisons more frequent. In deaths off. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often. Could you imagine this life that one man lived? led and he's trying to tell the people this is what I have been through now you compare my life and my revelation compared to these other people that are coming in maybe they look good and they walk good and they talk good maybe they're eloquent in speech but you compare their life and where they've been and compare my life in wearyings often painfulness in watchings often in hunger and thirst and fastings often in cold and nakedness This one is so striking. Besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. So in addition to being beaten and stoned and whipped and and, and all the shipwrecks that he's been through, in, in addition to all those things, he's got the burden of the churches. Because he was the apostle to that day. He knew. He had been instructed personally by Jesus Christ. He had been knocked off his horse personally by Jesus Christ. Schooled at the greatest school there was. Gamaliel was the greatest teacher. A Pharisee of the Pharisee. And he was zealous for the truth. And one day while he was there, he saw Stephen being stoned. And he said, okay, guys, you get the stones. I'll hold the coats. And then he was given the the, the, the privilege of going out there and 
wiping out all these Christians. And we'll fund your program. We'll do everything we can. And so while he's out there, and he was a good adversary, while he's doing that, God knocks him off his horse and personally reveals himself to him, blinded in a room, never knowing that he was going to become the Apostle Paul. All as that man knew in that day in that room was, I am in big trouble. The biggest trouble of any man has ever lived because I find myself persecuting the very God that I thought I was serving. And God taps Ananias. Okay, Ananias, got a mission for you. That, that guy Saul wants you to go talk with him. And I said, Lord, I've heard about that. He's a dangerous man. Don't worry, he's praying. And so now he goes. So Paul's eyes are opened up. His name is changed. It's Saul baptized with the Holy Ghost. And the rest, as we say, is history. And, and Paul never knew at that time that his name was going to be mentioned and read. He never knew the, the, the countless millions, hundreds of millions, maybe over 2,000 years, maybe it's even higher than that of the people who are going to be inspired by his life, who are going to be inspired by his teaching, who are going to be able to say, this was God speaking through a human vessel, and in this last day, God once again has come in a human vessel. We have had a Moses in this day. A Moses has come in all of us. We were blind. We were miserable, wretched, poor, naked. Maybe it was a world. You know, I think about that electronic highway to hell it's a good thing that I didn't have one of these things when I had my old nature only God knows what kind of trouble I would have got myself into and this, it, this, this little, uh, it's, it's, it's not a cell phone, but I'm just saying, this cell phone here, this is like nitroglycerin in your hands. This is like a hand grenade in your hand. And you have the privilege of blowing yourself up with it, or you have the privilege of making it be a supernatural transport system where it can take you and elevate you into heavenly places, and you can commune with God, you can know God, you can know God knows you, you can know there's that personal, intimate, covenant relationship. And you know that this little device has the potential to give you eternal life. If you've got a desire and you've got a heart for God, God will use this little device. He, he, once you get into it, you will become so intoxicated by this. You will want to be in it more and more, more often. And be able to read between the lines and be able to see God spoke all these days. Daniel said, in the last days knowledge will increase and men will go to and fro this is hard to believe but up until the last century the beginning of the last century friends there was no electronics there was no plug-in there was no light there was nothing electronics electricity had not been discovered yet and think of where we've come in the last 120 years or so and the whole purpose and the whole intent of God was to have a bride. And to use the technology of this day to be able to infuse her with supernatural insight and power. To energize and electrify and supercharge and quicken, stimulate, activate, motivate, revelate us. So we live in those heavenly places with God. The message came to take the fear off of the people. Fear, false evidence appearing real. This is the Bible says God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, a sound mind, power, dunamis, dynamite. 
how many of us are actually infused with that dynamite of God? How many know what's available to us? Many have not plugged in yet. It's a supernatural charge that God wants to put through your life. That will quicken eyes, ears, taste, touch, smell, conscience, memory, imagination, reason, and affections. And give you a freedom and a liberty to know that God is alive and God is real and God is living in me. God has given a token for this day, friends. That token literally brings you into the supernatural nature of God and enables you to become that living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I know people right in this church, I can say, you know, right there, that is a living sacrifice. That person is a monument of grace, a monument of love, mercy, Revelation and their light shines. There is a there is a supernatural charisma, not a natural charisma, a supernatural charisma. There's a magazine in the Pentecostal world. It's called Charisma Magazine. I know the author very well. He was in our church when I was just a brand new Christian. That little magazine started in the basement of our Assembly of God church. And after about seven years, they turned it over to him, and now he's gone all around the world with it, and he has some some interviews with some spiritual cuckoo clocks as far as I'm concerned. They have they have no idea what God is doing. And it allow anybody to say anything without insight. They've got people that say, well, they, they teach you how to speak in tongues. They've got actually a lesson, a video teaching you how to speak in tongues. Another guy, he's teaching people how to prophesy. Another one, he's teaching them how to interpret tongues. The world is a basket case, friend. There's only one sound mind. That's the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is available to you and to me. But most of us are living beneath our privileges. There's no need for that, friends. And it can stop. If if you're living beneath your privileges, if Satan is hindering you from your inheritance, from your supernatural heritage, it's time to say, enough is enough. Satan, you are a liar. You're a deceiver. Like I said before, and when I wake up in the morning, got to be two deaths. I got to die and the devil's got to die. Right there, first thing in the morning. And then tune in, tune in, buckle your seatbelt and blast yourself into a supernatural realm. It's available. No other generation has ever had that access before this generation. You've been impregnated with supernatural life, friends. This, this message, it, 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 it's a, it's a dynamic message. It's one, Brother Branham said, it can only be revealed to a special class of people. It will take a people with prophetic insight. And we didn't, we didn't learn that prophetic insight. If we've got it, friends, it's a gift of God. The Bible said he's a rewarder of those who diligently search after him. Brother Branham says many times, nobody went searching for God. God came looking for us. 
But when he knocked on our door and revealed himself, then it's our responsibility to search after him, to search after his treasure that he has given to us in this day. The diamonds of life, the diamonds of of revelation that can transport you. I'm so thankful that God saved the best wine for the last. And you want to talk about, I am intoxicated, friends. I am drunk on this wine that God has sent in this day. It's the only thing in the world that sounds like it's too good to be true. And yet we can't even fathom the depths of what God has revealed. The Bible says, eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, and the mind of man has not even begun to imagine the things God God's got for us. The same God. Think about it. This is your father. He took the, the stars. He rolled them off from his fingertips. And that God says, I want to live in you. I want to be your guide. I want to instruct you. I want to train you. I want to guard you. I want to live in your control tower. I want to control what goes into your eyes, ears, taste, touch, smell, conscious memory, imagination, reasons, and affection. A throne room that God God made this throne room. It wasn't the world. It wasn't education. It wasn't knowledge. God made a throne room in our heart. And He wants to sit on that throne. And it's our choice. Our choice. How do we make the choice? Open the Bible, get on our knees, listen to a message, read a message book, meditate, meditate on what God has done for you, where you were before God got a hold of you. Sometimes I shudder even to think about that, but then I think about where I am, but then I want to use that station of creation in my imagination, and I want to remember my future. I want to remember the future home of the heavenly bride and bridegroom. You want to talk about something if you've never read that and never uh, meditated on it and never internalized that? It's something... It's out of this world, friends. It's from another dimension. It's another realm. You and I, we're trans-dimensional travelers. We're living in two realms at the same time. We're living in a natural realm. But there's also a spiritual and supernatural realm. And it's open to you. And God invites you to come in. Taste and see the Lord is good. The Lord's wonderful. Everything that has ever happened in history... Brother Ed spoke about that. And I thought about after he was done speaking about that. Every person that has ever lived. Every animal that has ever lived. Every flower. Every plant. Every insect. Every bug that's ever lived is the result of let there be. Nothing could have ever happened. Nothing could have ever taken breath unless God said let there be. And God said, let there be a bride in this last day. Let there be a bride that's going to be attracted to the word. That's going to be attracted to, thus saith the Lord. You think Noah ever imagined in his life while he was building that ark, that hundreds of millions of Christians through thousands of years were going to recount his story and the history. And then in the last days, a prophet comes and says, it took 120 years to build that ark. And it never rained once before before Noah said it's going to rain. Not one drop of rain had ever fallen in the world. 
And Noah had to go and convince people that it was going to rain. Some of those men probably worked for 50 years, 80 years, 100 years, maybe up to 110 years. But finally, oh no, I don't know about that, Noah. You know, too many, too many things I don't understand. Don't understand the cloud. Don't understand the bridge. All this insanity out there. It's not for them, friends. If they let something like that stumble them, Brother Branham says sometimes he had to say things that would cause people to go away. When I first read that, he said, there's too many people following the message. Too many creepers. The creepers around there. Not real true sons and daughters of God. But they stayed for a while. Some of them 10, 20, 30 years and more, but eventually gone. Jesus talked about in the last days and and, and the earthquakes that were going to take place in diverse places. I talked to a a sister in Atlanta, Georgia, and she was talking about the earthquake that took place in Tennessee and Georgia today. Shook the buildings, knocked China off of the cases. That is very unusual. That's earthquakes in diverse places, various places, places where you never dreamed it was going to take place. And yet they're becoming more frequent. Sixes and sevens over in the Pacific Rim, out in the Pacific. Some of them up to eight. And and they're looking for all these tidal waves that may come. And one day it's going to be a reality, friends. One day L.A. is going to be lying underneath the ocean. But we're not going to be here to see that, friends. We're going to be long gone. And I'm so thankful for that. Resurrection, earthquake, they all come, they all come together. Jesus, he, he had a resurrection, the earthquake took place. I believe those types and shadows are going to take place again. I love how Brother Branham said, he says, I'm a typologist. And any man who truly understands the Bible will be a typologist. Say, friend, I went to Bible school. I didn't know what a type was. Had no idea what a shadow was. All I knew was homiletics, hermeneutics, all these things, you know, this Bible language. I came out, I had to unlearn probably 90 some percent of everything I learned in Bible school. And when I come to the message, I had to realize I'm in pre-kindergarten here. I don't know anything about this Bible. I I mean, I, I read the letter of the law, but I definitely cannot see between the lines. I don't see the three stages of the rich young ruler. I don't see the wise virgins and the foolish virgins. A long time ago, Brother Ed preached a message about the wise virgins and the foolish virgins. And he was speaking about the wise virgins. They were all asleep and they all rose. And one had oil and the other one that didn't have oil. They came and said, give us some of your oil. And the wise virgins said, you read it. Not so. You go pray. You go read. You go listen. You go get revelation. Because sometimes people, Brother Murphy, you know, they will wear you out with all these these questions and endless genealogies. They will try to waste your time. And Satan is good at that, wasting your time. You know, people, they, they read a little bit about history. Maybe our young generation doesn't read a lot. But if you read about the wars, you read about Hitler and Stalin. And Mussolini, these monsters that were in human flesh. 
And you think about these, these, these gangs that are all these Asian gangs and the ones coming from South America, MS-13. And we're, oh, I wouldn't want to be around one. I, I, I wouldn't want anything to do with those guys. Listen, friends, the devil, those Mussolini, Hitler, and Stalin, those are Boy Scouts compared to the devil that you're fighting with every day. And maybe you're not fighting. If you're not fighting, he'll give you a little, little pass. He'll let you go. But you start getting into this word, friend, and you start eating. You start eating a divine, supernatural diet, and you will find out there is a war going on. I, when I went to the Assembly of God Church, they, they preached a message that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers, evil spirits in high places. And I said, who, what sounds like there's a war going on here? I knew nothing about that. Oh, who are these principalities? Who are powers, rulers, evil spirits? Who are they? And the pastor at that time, he explained it to me in all the light that he had. But that day, friends, it was a turning point in my life because I realized I'm just not a little Christian that goes into my little prayer closet and says, you know, thank you, God. Thank you for your blessings. And read my Bible and go to church. No, it's a war, friends. The greatest battle ever fought greater than world war one greater than world war two greater than the korean war greater than 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 over in cambodia the killing fields this war that you are in friends your soul is at stake your eternal destination and this war rages every day and satan wants to do everything he can to prevent you from presenting your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. Now again, it's not works, friends. It's nothing that we can do. It's grace plus nothing. But once we understand that grace, once we know we're justified, we can never be held to account for sins that are sincerely confessed and under the blood. Oh, Brother Daniel, he spoke about the, the, the thing that is impossible for God to do. It's impossible for him to find sin that is under the blood that's been confessed. God can't find it, friends. But Satan knows about it, and Satan wants to come. He wants to walk around in your brain. He wants to walk around and remind you of all the mistakes, all the errors of the past. All the hatred, all the bigotry, all the prejudice, all the misunderstanding, everything that we have been through in our life. If we open the womb of our mind, Satan's right there and he will fill it with lies and deception. Anything he can to prevent you from becoming who God has predestinated you to be. And there is going to be a people on the earth. There is going to be people who will present their bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is, the Bible says, it's your reasonable service. After what God has done for us, after dying on a cross, beaten and whipped, humiliated, spit upon, kicked, punched, Died, shed his blood so that you and I can be revealed as the sinless, spotless bride of Jesus Christ in this day. Now, it's not going to happen overnight, friends. 
it's going to be a gradual change. But your justification, it can happen like right now. Hey, Brother Dave is going to be baptized tonight. He's had an experience with God. I was telling Brother Derek, that our old preacher one time, he said, win your children to Christ when they're young and they'll be your friends for the rest of their lives. There's nothing like a mom or a dad seeing their son, their daughter come to a revelation of Christ like they have. Brother Branham said, if your son was out there, your child was out there playing in the middle of a dangerous highway, maybe out in the middle of 99 out there, and he's out there and he's just playing, you wouldn't say, well, well, Johnny, come on, come on out of there. There's a lot of traffic going on and you might get it. No, it would be a 911 situation. It would be an emergency. Sometimes when you first come to the message, I remember when I first read Desperation, I thought, well, you got to get desperate before you get desperate. That's not it, friends. We need to be desperate every day. We know what's facing us. We know what's ahead of us. We know the prize that's ahead of us. But it's a warrior that's going to win that prize. It's a warrior that's going to wear that crown. It's a warrior that knows that we're king's kids right now. Sons and daughters of God. Still amazes me, friends, how some people can come and hear the word that we hear. And they're afraid to express themselves. Sometime I think I'm sometime in the land of Nod. People just sit there, the word comes, they just nod their head. The land of not. Brother John and I were communicating on WhatsApp today. He told me he's going to be the amen corner tonight. And I said, Brother John, could you imagine what the service would be like if every person in the congregation got a revelation that they are an amen corner? And they're going to participate in the service, which, by the way... Is your reasonable service. After what God has done for you. After what God has laid up for you. It's our reasonable service to say amen. It's our reasonable service. Like Brother Roy, sometimes he's on his feet and just shouting. He probably wishes everybody else in the church was that way. Sometimes the devil can make us feel like an oddball. Well, we are oddballs to the world. But we shouldn't be an oddball in our own assembly with other believers, others of like-minded faith who have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, who want to express themselves by simply saying, Amen. Can we all, I want to, I want to, I want you to listen to what it would be like if everybody said Amen at the same time. Okay? One, two, three, let's say Amen. One, two, three. Amen. Oh, isn't Isn't that beautiful? Brother Tim, would you love to hear that? Oh, yeah. I love some of the young people. This, this little fellow right down here, he beats me to my seat every time. And he loves it. I wish everybody wanted to beat me to my seat. I wish everybody was on the front row. I wish I want to be on the front row because I want to be at the spout where the glory comes out. I don't need to look at anybody's head. I need to look at what's going on right here. What's being said right here. What a treasure it is, friends. I want to, I want to, I savor every morsel of truth and revelation. And sometime when God comes and steps on my toes, I thank you, Lord. I needed that. 
I needed that correction. I needed that reproof. I needed that additional revelation that I didn't have before. And I know that many people are in that channel right now. We have a desire. It's a deep desire. But Satan, he would love to put you on the slow, silent, screaming slide into the bowels of ultimate despair. That's what Satan's mission is. Him and all of his imps to prevent you from your inheritance. You are part. I want you to to, to just try to internalize this. You are a part of a divine, spiritual, supernatural aristocracy. Right now. You know, the whole world now, I mean, they go crazy about what the queen's doing. God save the queen. I don't, I know there's a lot of Canadians. I don't want to, I don't want to offend you, brother Al and brother, brother Frank. God save the queen. I hope, I hope God saves her. She, she surely needs something. And the whole crew of the imposter, the whole crew of the royal family, so-called, they all need to get saved. They all need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Then they could truly be a part of the royal family. Impersonators, imposters. Make believers. And a lot of those people don't even make believe. The world is, 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 Brother Branham said, just think how numb, how dull, how desensitized we are to what God is doing right now. Numb, dull, desensitized. What are we desensitized by? Brother Brown says sometimes the plumbing in our brain gets all clogged up. He said, what does it get clogged up with? Business affairs, family life, domestic issues. He said everything that Adam had in the garden, every bit of it. This is deep now. For me, it's deep. You know, you know, one day I got a revelation that when the preacher is preaching, he's not preaching at me. The Bible says, knowest thou not that when you teach, you teach yourself. And I'm sure the brother John and brother Tim have had the experience. I've had many times go up to preach and say, oh, that was wonderful. How you said this. Did I say that? They don't know they said it. Because the Holy Ghost is preaching. The Holy Ghost has that supernatural intelligence. And when he, when he electrifies a mind and takes them into that supernatural channel, it's for you. It's for me. So don't ever think, well, he's preaching at me. He's preaching to her. No, he's preaching to himself. The things that he's preaching, he has to internalize them himself. Like Paul. Paul, he had to, not only he had to talk the talk, but he walked the walk. He walked the walk like there, like probably nobody that I can think of over a long period of time. Just imagine today, just imagine, try to, try to think of one person to get 39 lashes on their back. And they were not little whips of a belt. They had these, they, they call them lictors, they're Roman lictors. And they had a leather strap, and at the end of them, they had little lead balls, and they had little sharp instruments. And those guys that inflicted it, they were masters at torture. And they loved doing it. They were masochists. And they would take that whip and that whip would go into the flesh and they'd rip it back. And the flesh would come out. The blood. 39 lashes. 
He got it five times. 195 lashes on his back. Three times. They beat him with rods. I can't even imagine what that was like. Once they stoned him. They left him for dead, friends. He, they thought he was dead. And when they all left, God raised them up. He got himself, brushed himself off. Okay, where's the next meeting at? Went right to the next meeting. That's a true man of God. A true son of God. You know how crazy this world is? Nowadays, they don't, in the, the, the universities now, when they have their assemblies, they don't want people to clap. Because clapping, it, it may offend somebody. It may cause them to anxiety. And so now they want, they want you just to wave your hands. No clapping. Just wave your hands. If you're excited. If you want to say it. I can't even imagine what it would be like if we had a whole congregation of people just waving their hands. I would think something's wrong. I think something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with it. Could you just try to imagine? In World War II, when they stormed the beaches of Normandy, 18, 19, 20-year-old young boys going up there facing those machine guns, German fire, facing the Japanese in Okinawa. Young boys. Could you imagine? Just try to imagine trying to go on a college campus and recruit one of those guys for that kind of an assignment. Nope. That, that would not, that would not work. And so just to, to kind of bring this down to a close, what's the mission? My mandate, your mandate, the mandate of everybody who wants to claim this message, your mandate is to overcome. Your mandate is to recognize your enemy. In the greatest battle ever fought, Brother Branham, throughout the, not all in one paragraph, but he says about the enemy, cut them, chop them. Whack them, slice them, maim them, kill them, kick them out. That doesn't sound like, you know, well, you know, I'm just going to resist the devil. No, friends. People don't even believe the devil is real. How many schools and colleges, they're named after the demons or the, the devils. I lived in Arizona. Their school was the Arizona Sun Devils. They were proud of it. And one college duke, I think it's the, either demon deacons or, or the blue deacons or something like that. They don't believe in a devil, friends. That's in the middle of the Bible belt. Don't be fooled. Don't allow yourself to be lulled to sleep. Do not allow yourself to ever become lukewarm. Lukewarm. God doesn't like lukewarm. He would rather either be cold or hot. But because people are lukewarm, he said, I will spew them out of my mouth. What happened when the people came up for at the judgment seat? And Jesus said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. And if you know anything about Bibles and relations, Jesus said, I never became intimate with you. And because I never became intimate with you, you never became pregnant with supernatural life, with eternal life. What's iniquity? Iniquity is something that you know you should do, like read your Bible, like listen, 
to messages, like read the message, pray, all these things that you know you should do, but you don't do it. That's iniquity. Now, when I got that definition, friend, it stepped all over my toes because there's a lot of things I know I should do, but because of the cares of life, this intoxicating age that we're living in now, and Satan has got all his flashing demonic supernatural lights in all areas of life. And if you allow yourself to be lulled to sleep, if you allow yourself to be to be intoxicated by that, if you like that little bird and the serpent looks at that little bird and one day the little bird looks too long and the serpent just snatches that little bird up. That's how quick it can happen, friends. We've been around this message a long time and we've seen a lot of people come and a lot of people go. But Jesus said, they that endureth until the end, the same shall be saved. And our end is the graves become open like Abraham and Sarah. When they come out of the graves, Brother Branham said they went to Jesus and said, well, would it be okay if we took kind of a little whistle, whistle stop tour around Jerusalem to see how things have changed since we've been there? Yeah, go ahead. We're going to be around for 40 days. Just go ahead. And they went there. Can you imagine Abraham and Sarah on a little whistle stop tour looking, well, Jerusalem sure has changed since we've been here. Then somebody, oh, somebody's going to recognize me. And what happened? Disappeared. Appeared and disappeared just like Jesus could appear and disappear. One day there's going to be a great appearance, friends, and we're going to see it. It's going to come out of that realm. Brother Branham said that other realm, it's a faster dimension. I mentioned it before. Think about somebody from the 1800s. If you took them and put them into our day and just put them maybe a little Volkswagen going 30 miles an hour down the highway, that man or woman, they would be scared. Things are going too fast. Come to a court. They don't know that you had a steering wheel. You can steer around a corner. They don't know that. All they see is they're going off the road. Why? That was not the faster dimension that we're living in now. It's a slower dimension that they lived in now. And God had a word for those people at their time. But God has put us on the potter's wheel. And he's taken that wheel and spun that wheel around real good, real fast. And the bride, she loves the ride. And Lord, speed it up. Present your body as a living, living, not a dead sacrifice, a living sacrifice. Here's one little illustration. Think about the rich young ruler. Just that terminology. He was rich and he was young and a ruler. But the greatest thing he had was the opportunity to come face to face with Jesus Christ. Do you know, friends, if you're here tonight... You have got that opportunity to come face to face with Jesus Christ. Because the message is Jesus Christ in a new divine order called the message of the hour. And you can have the rich young ruler. He got one opportunity. And the preaching of the gospel, it makes a person mad, glad, or sad. And when he heard it, 
Go, sell everything you've got. Give it to the poor. Come and be my disciple. That call is for you tonight. If you haven't heeded that call, the call is for you. Come, be my disciple. Why did Jesus say that to him? Because he looked into his future and he saw that money was going to become the God of the rich, young ruler. What a legacy he had in the natural realm. But he was bankrupt in the realm that counted. You may have everything but Christ and you've got nothing. If you have nothing but Christ, you've got everything. And then we see by revelation, Brother Branham shows a little bit further, that rich young ruler. He's got it all. Everything. He said, I'm going to take it easy. Retire. Maybe go to Palm Springs somewhere. Kick back. That same day he said that, the word came and said, thou fool. This day, right now, this second, your soul is required of thee. You know how many people woke up this morning with no idea this was going to be the last time they ever woke up? Where did they go? They had the memorials. Well, he passed passed away. I mean, that's a horrible thing. If somebody passed away without the knowledge of a new birth, that's a, that's a, that's a tragedy of monumental proportions. Oh, he just passed away. Thousands pass away every day. Tens of thousands every month. Millions every year. They go somewhere, friends. That body goes back to the dust, but that soul, it goes somewhere. It either goes to be with God or it goes into that fifth dimension. And there, that's that's where the rich young ruler was, friends. And as he looked up, he saw Abraham and Lazarus, the guy that used to get crumbs off his table. Abraham, father, let Lazarus, my friend Lazarus, let him come and drop a little water on my tongue. Nope, can't do it. There's a great gulf fixed. You can't come here. He can't go there. He said, well, let him, let him go to my family and warn them they don't come to this wicked place. Nope. They've got Moses. They've got the law. They've got the prophets. And if one rose from the dead, still they would not believe. And you know there have been, I would say, thousands of people who have sat in these seats And their ultimate destination, maybe they're not dead yet, but their ultimate destination will be that of a rich, young ruler. Had the opportunity, came face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ, could not recognize who he was. And today there are people, my friend, do not recognize what you have, what God has given you. The only eternal opportunity you will ever have in your life is in your hands and your mind. The electronic highway to hell, or you can use it for the electronic highway to propel you. Into a supernatural. Just think how many people, friends, that little electronic highway to hell, while they were texting and driving, all of a sudden, bang, dead, gone. Yeah, that little device 
thousands, countless thousands around the world dead, crippled, maimed because a little electronic highway to hell that they didn't use it for the right purpose. But as we stand, friends, we have the opportunity. We're face to face now with eternal life. You're face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ in message form. And the choice now is yours. Will you do what the rich young ruler didn't do? Will you recognize your opportunity? Will you recognize Jesus Christ in your day? And will you heed his invitation? Come and be my disciple. What an invitation. And present your body as a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God. The only thing God's going to accept, friends, as bride, is you. And the message in you. If it's not there, friends, you won't be there. Take advantage of this incredible, this one. I didn't want to use the word incredible because the incredible sound, it, it can't be true. Yeah, it is true. Amen. This internal opportunity, face to face with the gospel, present your body, which is your reasonable service. Can we bow our heads for a moment? Father, I pray that you will quicken us daily, hourly, by the minute, by the second of the hour that we're living in. The closing seconds of time with an eternal future ahead of us for the bride or everlasting fire, everlasting punishment, suffering for those who do not heed the call or cannot recognize the call. Friends, there's not much, there's not much more that God can do for you but to present you with the opportunity to hear His Word and to become His personal supernatural disciple. He's given you the tools. He's given you a wonderful home, a church home. He's given you a wonderful ministry to encourage you, to uplift you, to edify you. He's given the books. The books are, we, we, sometimes we take them for granted, Lord, but the books are there. The, the videos are there. The audios, everything is there, Lord. It's like there's a banquet. There's a banquet prepared before us, but we're afraid to reach it. We're afraid to take a fork and dig into that supernatural meal. I want to ask you tonight, and uh, again, I believe if, if you're going to accept God, you just do it right, right in your chair. Some people, they, they want to come forward. That's wonderful. But I believe that tonight, without any kind of a pull, Brother Brandon said, I'm not much for pulls anyways, but if you're here tonight and you say, God, once again, you have brought me face to face with my eternal destiny. And you say, Father, tonight, right now, tonight, I'm going to commit to you that I will be a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is my reasonable service. My eyes are closed. I trust everybody else's eyes are closed, but, but God's eyes are open. God sees your heart. God sees that throne room. Maybe the serpent, the serpent has tried to come in there and, and, and hog the throne room of your heart. But God can move him out and God can move in right now. God can take possession of your life.
Father, I know that, that hands were raised. I just pray that, that you would lead and guide them, each one, into their proper place in the body. And I pray, Lord, that little cell phone in their hands, that electronic highway, I pray that it will be electronic highway that will propel them into their supernatural future. We ask all these blessings in your precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to turn the service right over to Brother Tim, and I think we have a special, and Brother David's going to be baptized. So I think everybody can move into their positions, and I'm going to move out of my position. God bless you, Brother Tim. (laughs) Sorry, you don't need that. Thank you, Brother David. Amen. After a service like that, present your bodies a living sacrifice. There's only one song we want to sing, All to Jesus I Surrender. Amen. Sister Natasha is going to sing a special while they're getting ready for baptism. You can make your way for baptism. But let's just make that our prayer tonight. Are you willing to present your bodies a living sacrifice? That's responding to the word. You know, God has spoken. Now it's our turn to respond. Amen. Give our 
sing it one more time together. When I asked Sister Natasha to sing this song, it means a lot to us. Um, David's turned 11 years old yesterday, and he gave his heart to the Lord on Sunday night. Uh, he specifically mentioned Brother Tim's service from Sunday morning. He's, the Lord has dealt with him over the last two years, but it was 10 years ago. Uh, just within the last 30 days that the Lord healed him from, uh, he had a pancreas that was creating too much insulin. It's a long story. If you don't know the testimony, you're welcome to our house and we'll tell it to you. But, um, the Lord has been so supernatural in David's life and for him to give his heart to the Lord, uh, is, is beyond words really for us. And this is the song that we played for nine months of going through the trial leading up to David's healing and the surgery and in the halls of the hospitals. And it, this song, we just, it was our prayer because he is our only hope. So we asked Sister Natasha Amen. to sing this for us tonight.
sing it with me. for Brother David. He's 11 years old yesterday, but I have seen the Holy Spirit upon his life many times in our services and at camps and at special moments, And uh, but David has made this decision to serve the Lord. So that doesn't have to be a special meeting or at a camp service, but it can just be tonight. This is David's night. We're so thankful for uh, Brother David and Brother Derek. And Sister Debbie and their three daughters that are serving the Lord with us together. Amen. I remember some years ago, um, just south of Seattle, and them uh, having a desire to uh, come and, and be in our assembly. And um, we've been blessed, Brother Derek and Sister Debbie. Yes. And I was going to read a quote um, concerning that, that most of you are aware of. When Brother Branham said, what if it's like this? Maybe there's a little boy in here tonight or a little girl that was born over in Seattle, Washington. And that book holds her name. He come to redeem whose name was on the book. Redeem means to bring back from where it fell from. And the human race, she was fell. She can't accept it now. She's too young. So the church... We'll slug right along and just play right along. We'll have meetings and so forth till that last person is brought in. Then the book is closed and there's no more added to it. Then it's all over. When that time will be, none of us know. But let us keep doing all we can for his glory until that time is over. We don't know who that person is. They may be already in. We're just waiting his coming. Right. Well, the church has slugged right along. Right. And we've had meetings and so forth. Amen. But David's here tonight. Right. And I, I believe we'd be worth it all if we knew that it was for one of our sons. Amen. I was just speaking to someone today about baptism. I just want to make a couple comments. Um, I was speaking to them about baptism. And it's kind of like... Before you're baptized and give your heart to the Lord, you can have experiences with the Lord. 
But it's like you come up to a certain wall in your life. And because you don't take that step of baptism, you kind of fall back. Then you'll kind of come up to another meeting or another time and God will deal with you. And you'll come up to this place. It's like a wall. And then because you don't take that step and you don't aren't baptized, you fall back again. David is taking this step tonight so that that wall can be taken away. Because baptism is like being married. And God has taught us in the scripture that there's certain things that only should be done in marriage. And that's when he puts his seed inside of our hearts. Amen. And there's many people that wonder why they come up to this wall in their lives and then they fall back and they come up, come up and they fall back. What they need to do is take the step of giving their heart to Christ in baptism and say yes to him. Then the Holy Spirit can come into their souls and they'll never be the same. I want to say that because that's what we spoke to Brother David about. And that's what maybe others that uh, might be in this service or streaming. That's the step you need to take. So that that wall can be taken down. So that God can come into your life. Amen. So I, I want to say on Brother David's behalf. I, I want to thank every person that has contributed to this. His father, his mother, his Sunday school teachers, the ministry, camp counselors, the kitchen staff, those that put up the tent, those that have created this church atmosphere. On Brother David's behalf, I want to thank you because we have slugged right along and had meetings and so forth. For nights like tonight. And it's worth it all. You have had a part in Brother David's testimony. And for you, he is indebted. And to our Lord Jesus that he's given his life over to tonight. Brother David, he was born 11 years ago. But the Lord knew that we had to come till 2018. That this would happen tonight, Brother David. And we are willing to wait. We are willing to go through trials and battles individually in our homes and even in our church for nights like this. And if there's more of our sons or more of our daughters or more predestinated seed that God is dealing with, I believe the bride is willing to be unselfish and say, Lord, your will be done. Your kingdom come, but bring your elected seed in. And in conclusion... I'm saying these comments because the Lord laid them on my heart. I believe there's more, Brother David, that God is going to use your testimony and the steps that you're taking to bring them to him. So I want to say, Brother David, people are desiring to see Christ in our lives because they want to be able to have confidence that it's the Holy Spirit that is leading you. We want to see Jesus. Right. And so tonight, we want to see David filled with the Holy Ghost. We want to see a young man let God prove his word in our generation that there are still overcomers. I, I can say tonight with all of you together, this day, this night, the scripture is fulfilled. 
In the book of Acts, the Bible said, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And Brother David read this on Sunday night with us. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. God has been calling Brother David for months. I can say that. But tonight he's answering the call. And if the Lord has been dealing in your heart or if the Holy Spirit has been brooding on your heart to take this stand, be a real man. Here's an 11 year old man. Yes. There is a miracle in this wicked day, Brother David, that God would even be dealing with a young man's heart. To God be the glory. Amen. Even Sister Ashley that's here, that God would deal with a young lady in this generation is a miracle. Right. Hallelujah. We heard a wonderful sermon tonight, but this is another sermon. Another, another soul is being filled with the Holy Ghost. And in heaven, it's just getting ready to break loose. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's just bow our heads together as we unite with our precious brother David. Our dear Father, this is a very special evening for us because one of your sons is responding to the call. The call, the will of God for his life is climaxing to this very moment. And the old nature and Satan would love to hold on to a young man throughout his teenage years. But this young man has chosen to follow Christ. Lord, I believe it's unanimous tonight. If we would ask in this building who would support our brother David, I believe we'd raise our hands. We would shout hallelujah because we support him. Father, I pray your Holy Spirit, dove that's been brooding and flying around brother David from a little infant would now fly into his heart. That from this night on, we would see the power of the Holy Ghost demonstrated What he's heard through the words over these years and mechanics. But now may the dynamics strike his heart. And may from this night on he know that there's been a change in him. He has done what the word has asked him to do. Lord, you're looking for young men like this. Laborers in the field. The harvest is ripe. The labors are few. May our brother David be anointed to be a light bearer that others would see his mature life and experience his love for your word, his love for prayer, his love for your people. And may they also be encouraged to follow along. Heavenly Father, we can baptize him in water, but we're asking you to fill our brother David Paris with the Holy Ghost. He's repented and there's no reason why, Lord, you cannot come and take this vessel. From this night on into the rapture and into eternity, that he will live forever with you. We thank you, Lord, and commit Brother David to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm Brother David. According to your desire to be identified in true Christian baptism, I baptize you in his precious name. 
the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We rejoice with the Paris family. It's really our family we're rejoicing with. Just like we rejoice with the DeSmet family and with each and every one of you. I was thinking of that song we sang earlier, uh, Here I Am to Worship, because that's what it is, but we're not going to sing that. But uh, let's stand together. And I, I thought, you know, let's just sing in moments like these. I sing out a song. Isn't the Lord wonderful? Every soul, every child, every young person, every every teenager, every adult that comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. It just makes us sing out a song to the Lord. How gracious He is. And we're so thankful for that. Let's sing this together before we're dismissed. In moments like me, yes, Lord, I sing out a song. I sing out a love song to Jesus in moments like these. I lift up my hands. Oh, I lift up my hands to rejoices to see a young man step out in faith after the Holy Spirit you dealt with him so sovereignly and personally Lord in the meetings recently gone by 
to you belongs all the glory because you're the one that inspires the preacher you're the one that gives the word you alone can pour in revelation oh god and quicken a soul and bring to life that which laid in that heart lord from his birth and one day you came by his way and he heard the eagle cry and he responded like a true eagle saying that's where i come from and i'm going back to respond to that cry and lord we ask you to bless brother david we will remember him in the days ahead as we spoke on the weekend now the battle begins but lord greater are you that's in us than he that is in the world and so we commit david into your hands we commit the family into your hands and lord if there be anyone else this evening that you're dealing with we commit them into your hands lord father may each one receive that which you have sent for them to receive we thank you for brother ernie tonight laboring in the word we thank you for that which we heard your word is yea and amen, O oh God. What a message we have received. How we think of someone like Brother Ernie, a stalwart, Lord. A soldier that's been down the road, that has fought the battle, still standing strong tonight. And saying this message is as real to me tonight as it's ever been. Lord, I pray you'd bless him. I pray, Lord, you'd pour in abundantly into his life. And Lord, we commit each one to you, those that could be together here on Wednesday night. To think, Father, that we could come together and see a life surrendered to God. That we could see someone give their heart to you and be baptized in true Christian baptism in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. May these sights, may these events never become common to us, Lord. We commit it all into your hands. Go with each one, whether here, out on the internet, wherever it might be. Lord, may you just watch over each one in the journeys ahead as we commit all into your hands in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We have to, we have to say we love him. We just love him. Amen. Uh, Friday night, I think there's a young people's meeting at 730. Amen. Come prepared, young people. I'm sure the Lord's going to do great things. God bless you. Shake one another's hand as you go. The service is dismissed in Jesus' name.